Greetings, welcome to Relatively Sane. Oh my God, I love recording a new episode. It's so exciting. I know I don't do it every week right now because, oh, it's just a lot. I also have my podcast, Disgusting Hawk, which I hope you guys are listening to and watching. That is on my YouTube channel, which is Jessica Curson Comedy. It's really outrageous. I do characters and interview comedians and do solo bits also. And it's just silly. I know you guys love the silly stuff. So definitely check that out. Also join my Patreon if you haven't already. You can pay $5 a month, $8 a month, and you see exclusive video footage of me behind the scenes. A lot of times with my kids, which is fun. And I'm going to be posting more stuff, which I don't post anywhere else. So if you already are a Patreon member, thank you so much for your support. And how is everyone doing? It's such a crazy time. I've realized that, you know, a lot of people have been home for so long because of the virus and have been, you know, not going out, not around people. And then just like now everyone's just out. And I don't know, there hasn't been much of a transition. Have you noticed that? I've been doing a lot of shows. I kind of just went out and started performing. And I've been performing in the city a lot and I've been on the road now. I'm I'm going on the road more coming up. I have shows in Austin and Connecticut and Pennsylvania. I have a bunch of road gigs coming up. So if you go to my website, you'll see them all posted at jessicacurson.com. And it's been weird. Like sometimes I look out at audience members and people look shell-shocked. Like I literally have been saying to people, are you okay? I mean, are you, you look like you need a little more time at home. You need to like go take care of yourself a little. Like I'm concerned. Some of you look very upset or scared. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe you need to get some help or get a little medicine or just take take a little time to just uh i don't know do something before you're just out around people it's weird i mean i'm doing some shows at the comedy cellar in new york city which is great but there's this um plastic barrier in front of us and around us. It's kind of like performing in a telephone booth. That's that's the way I have to describe it. And it's strange. I have to admit, it's strange. I, I'm very connected to the audience. And as a lot of you know, I do crowd work. So it's weird to have this plastic uh, box around me. I also, I feel like, I don't know if a lot of you have been to Amsterdam, but there's this area where it's the red light district where these women stand in these storefronts and they, you know, try to get men to come and, you know, pay them and have sex with them. And I feel like a sex worker, like I'm just in this window um, performing. I mean, at least I'm not naked while I'm performing comedy. I... I, that would be horrible. I have to admit, thank God I am covered in clothing. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. As usual, when I do these intros, I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm just talking and I'm very tired right now. I was up very early with the kids 
and I'm feeding them. The twins are about to turn two, so every single thing I give them, they're throwing off their trays. You know, I get, I was giving them bagel with cream cheese. They were throwing it all over the kitchen, giving them water. They're throwing it everywhere. iPads, throwing them everywhere. I just... I actually should just put them on the floor and just throw everything on the floor and they'll just pick it up and eat it off the floor. And that's really what I should just start doing. It's like a barn. It's like they're animals and it's just a barn and they should just eat off the floor and that's it. It's probably, it's it's just better that way. Life is not easy. That's what I'm trying to say. We're all having a hard time. We're doing the best we can. Do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. You know, just just do the best you can. I'm I'm proud of myself. I started exercising. It's the last thing I want to do, but I'm forcing myself to do it. I've been doing the treadmill. I blast music in my ears. I'm I'm basically going to go deaf because I'm blasting techno music and disco and house music, all kinds of shit. So I can I can't even hear, but I'm anything to take my mind off of the exercise. I look at the numbers like a lunatic. I'm looking at the calories. Basically, I'm walking two miles now fast and I'm burning 46 calories. How does that even work? I mean, why am I not burning more calories? I don't understand. Can someone explain that to me? Oh, okay. I love you all. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you listened to the pot, the polycast. What was that? That was a Freudian slip for sure. I just lost my breath from saying a sentence that just shows you how out of shape I am. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for listening to relatively sane. Please spread the word. Uh, you're the best you are. Join the Patreon, follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, go to my website, check out the live shows coming up. You're going to love this episode. It's so great. I have Pete Holmes on today. He's amazing. I love you all. Take care of yourselves and have a great week. Well, let's start. All right. I can't. We still haven't started. We still have no, now we're recording. Oh, good. Because no fun has been had. Nothing that was organic or easy um, or natural was recorded. Let's begin. Guys, well, this is welcome. a mess. I... <laughs> welcome to Relatively Sane with Jessica Kirsten. I'm your I host, love that Jessica it is a name. Kirsten. This name has never meant so much, the name of this podcast, since right you... now. I've done a hundred of these, and this one, mm. the name is perfect. Perf. Why? Because happening since we it, it it started, but it started ten minutes ago. Because I for everyone. First of all, my guest today is Pete Holmes, who is one of my favorite people on earth, and who was very funny for about ten minutes before we. You're always funny, but just so You're people know, there was a Tibetan sand sculpture that got swept away <laughs> of humor <laughs> and riffs and general rapport. I'm like, going to tell them genuine what happened. Rapport. I'm going to tell them and we can, we'll relive it. Just I listen. guess that's our job. We relive things. That's what we do. It is. Comedians have genuinely funny I, thoughts and then they're like, I'll reheat this for the public. I came on and he heard me, but I said, I can't hear. It was very panicked. <laughs>
When you joined the Zoom, you became yes. the soul yes. of everyone who's confused by Zoom. And it came out in the most genuine, authentic, <laughs> wounded, sort of infantile, but also elderly. <laughs> I can't hear. It was both an old woman and a newborn baby. I can't hear. And it made me laugh. I so I can't hear. <laughs> Babies are kind of like old women. If they're, I if think, they, I've been saying yeah. that they're the only people that are honest in, on earth are children and old people. Oh, you're right. You're on like, yes, that. And then yes. old people are like, you look horrible. They're the only. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, and they both, they both of them say it while defecating. You don't look so good. <laughs> It's like a pressed shit, like the kind of shit you can only make while you're seated in a chair. It's a pressed shit. That's like an imprint of your butt. They can't express themselves. That's, that's so true. They have to eat soft foods. It's very oh, true. There's a lot in common. It's a return. It's a return. I'm Everything... returning to that very quickly. I mean, I'm only 51, but I feel like I'm 90. Do you? Yeah, feel you're that? you're an old 51. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you look great. You're sharp as a whip. But yes, you and I. I've been 40 since I was 14. I couldn't wait to be 40. And now that I'm 40, I make sense in the world. But nothing yeah. has changed. Yeah. I'm still the guy that's like at a concert during the encore. I'm like, we should go. If we go, <laughs> if we go now, we'll beat the rush. Like that's I say that two songs in. I'm like, do you want to get going? I don't really want to sit in traffic. <laughs> Let's go. I had my I had my overpriced hot dog. I heard I heard what he sounds like. You know, here's the saddest thing I'll admit to you about going to concerts. I'm always sitting there going, sounds better on the album. <laughs> Yeah. It sounded way better when they were in like a soundproof room of doing it perfectly over and over. And then what is this rehearsal? I paid money for like, and I always feel less than next to the person that knows every word and every beat of the drum. I'm like, you, why they know more than me. I feel horrible about you myself. You can't win. You can't win either. I'll be next to someone who looks like they're not having fun. And I'm like, what's right. this tight ass doing? Or... <laughs> I'm next to the three white wine Irvine white woman that's like dancing in a way that never made sense. Right. Well, she's it, free. She's she free. Free in life. But that'll threaten me, and okay. I'll and I won't like that either. Like I'll I'll envy it, but I'll be too out of touch with my emotions to know that I'm really envious of her freedom. So it'll just come out as fuck this woman. Yeah, you hate her. Like, I know. Only every, but if everybody at the concert was doing what I was doing, it would be the worst concert for the band ever. It would just be a bunch of stoic white men, too tall to dance, because I'm like a lighthouse. So everybody can see me. Everybody can see the tall guy. A tall guy can't dance. Everybody sees the anonymity of the short. What's you that? Especially at a concert. You can't take right. up That's all the right. room. You can't I do could it. dance while seated. I can do like a, a, a this. This is for us. Yeah. <laughs> like a snap. 
I love a snap. <laughs> That's for the tall. But if you ever go to a club and that that feel, I've never been to a club. I'm assuming, but like the the, the shadow, it's like it's like a covering of trees. It's like the the sh you're shrouded by other people, so you can stick your tongue out and like get all funky. That's a short person privilege. Check your privilege. The very tall. That's the, true. The other people are down here, and if I do any dumb move, I look like. I, don't, I look like a background dancer in a Will Smith video. Not Yeah, a, that's it's not good. What was your first concert? That's one of those, I don't know. Um, it was probably going with my dad to see Dan Fogelberg or something <gasps> like I that. I love him. Oh my God, you I are. Yes. Yeah. The, this, the episode is called An Old 51. That's the episode <laughs> title. Because you love Fogelberg. Uh, I, I don't remember that, except I thought it was so lame. I bet I would love it now. Just like mm -hmm. relaxing. I love a seated concert. A seated concert is my shit. Oh my God. A seated concert. Love is a seated. Best. Seated. <laughs> what, what do I work for you? I have to stand up. Like, are you Tinkerbell? You run on my energy. I paid good money. Play your songs. I'll be here. They should have lay down concerts. I would love, they do. It's called Deadheads and Fish Concerts. Yeah, That's I used to follow the dead. I, I mean, yeah. I wish I had. I didn't get into psychedelics till later, though. So their music post-psychedelics makes more sense to me. Pete, Before I love you. I just, let me explain what's happening. First of all, I was in the market buying ice cream for my five and a half year old. And she yes. was in a nasty mood. <laughs> and I thought that we were recording this an hour later because I have 17 kids and I'm adding my mind. You're always being airlifted places. There's lots of there's lots of drama. There's airlifts. There's twelve children. Oh my children. god! And she's like, "Mama, I want the balloon with the teddy bear." And I'm always afraid to say no because my parents were n not around. So I'm like, "Bella, that's for Mother's Day." It says Happy Mother's Day. It's this huge <laughs> teddy bear. I'm like, I cannot get that for you. And she's like, "I want it." I'm like, "Oh my god, if I don't get it for her, she's gonna be fat." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather her be thin and very ill behaved. Oh, I bought ten of them so that yeah. she's thin. So anyway. <laughs> oh my God! Be like the balloon. Be beautiful and empty inside. That's what we want. That is hysterical. You beautiful know, and very, empty I'm, inside I'm is very amazing. Good. I'm very good. That's a great analogy. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was quick. So. So, it's your line. That's your line. If you tell the story on stage, I, I, I will not use it. It's freely gifted Thank you. to you. That it's was your a bit. beautiful line. It's so, your bit. So, and then I get a text like, are you coming on the show? I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm rushing her in hostel and she starts crying because she wants the fucking teddy bear. I, I was having a nervous breakdown in the middle of Cherry Valley. I... The name of the market. That's the name of your memoir, yeah. A Breakdown Cherry in the Valley. Middle of Cherry Valley. I I'm with you. When... An hour. I didn't even strap her in. I was like, we have to get to Pete Holmes. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you risked life and limb. When I take my daughter, she's two and a half. I can't believe she's two and a half. Let Tell me what's happening. You have a I baby know. girl. She's a baby girl. Well, she's the best. We just took her to the beach. She's the best. She plays with anybody that she sees. She goes She goes like this now. She goes, where's kid? She's looking for other kid. Where's kid? Like she just wants any kid, anybody, Aww. anybody new, like go and meet them and play with them and share with them. She can be a little possessive too, but that's totally normal. She's just learning the idea of possession. But yeah. uh, what was I going to tell you? Oh, when we go to the supermarket, I'm like you. She'll see like a dog toy 
And she just goes, she's just the kid that now every time she goes to the grocery store, she knows she gets some little toy. And I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. Like, I think I'm supposed to be like, go pull the weeds or something. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Sometimes I'm just like, we're all here. Who cares? Like, I don't care if she goes to... Yeah, little tchotchke. You taught I, me that term on on uh, crashing. You taught yeah, me. Yeah, I did. That's you said, so "Oh, look at the little tchotchkes." Oh, yeah, tchotchke, tchotchke. Yeah, I think I just called it the wrong name. I'm losing th- my mind. An old fifty-one. You you <laughs> said tchotch, tchotchkes or tchotchkes, it's one tchotchke. or the other. Yeah, whatever. And I didn't know that. And that's one of the like shots they used of me laughing is because you were explaining what tchotchkes were. I thought tchotchke was like somebody on Leave It, uh, Welcome Back Cotter or something. I thought that was like one of, one of the characters on Welcome Guess Back Cotter. Member? Yeah. Yeah, I played tchotchke. There was Travolta. His character was just called Travolta. Or, or he's up your nose with a rubber hose. That was his character's name. People don't know that. And then there was tchotchke. And Mr. Cotter was never on the show. It's sort of like Maris on Frasier. You never saw him. Right. <laughs> there was schmutz, meshuggies. Schmutz, meshuggs, meshuggies. <laughs> All the yids. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't say yids. I'm sorry. I was just trying to abbreviate yiddish. Oh, please. You know yids. what? I'm. Don't worry about it. I'm- you know, that was very innocent. I, don't, I didn't even know that was... Sometimes I'll say there's certain words that have double meaning but could like spade, like one time I said spade in a way what, on stage. What, why can't you say that? Spade, it's the black, uh, like a playing card, it's black. So you might call a black person a spade. Obviously I would I've not. I've never heard that. Okay. But I was telling tell. a story on stage yeah. and I said that the, it, it's the story of a plane, a very turbulent plane I was on. And I said, the steward came into the aisle. He was a black man. And then I go, he, I think he was gay, like it's not important, but he was just kind of red effeminate. Maybe he wasn't gay, but he was just kind of prissy. Prissy, is that okay? I don't know how to talk about this. He was effeminate. I mean, and to me it's fine and I'm gay. I don't know. I do I, feel I, safer in the bubble of your gayness. Right. I, will say that. I don't, to me, prissy's fine, but maybe this, I think someone might get upset about that now. I yeah, I think know. so. I think, well, people used to say um, sissy you, and I would be offended by that. I was like, don't say sissy. different. This is bully language. I don't right. like that. But prissy is a is an adjective. I mean, it's Pris, like saying someone's like feminine. And we haven't even gotten to the part where I was offensive accidentally, and I'm being accidentally offensive as I'm telling the story about the time I was accidentally offensive. But I said, I think he might have been gay, and and people laughed, and I was like, I don't know. I'm just calling a spade a spade, and I didn't know that spade was a term for black people until like afterwards. Yeah. Someone was like, Well, you're like, well, I'm just calling a black guy a black guy, and I was like. They weren't upset because they knew, like when right, I said you. yid, I, I'm just abbreviating words all the time. I don't know, like, there's certain words that I'm like, you're taking the fun out of language. Like, I know. Like, like, if I call someone a Hebrew friend, heeb, just because I'm like abbreviating everything, like, fuck you. I, I, I want that. I, I racists know. ruin everything. <laughs> how are you feeling about your stand up with this right now? Because I have my own feeling about it, but how are you feeling? Like, are you nervous about saying. I can see you being nervous because you're such a kind, loving, you're innocent sweet. person. You are. I'm not saying it to be. I mean, you are. You're. Well, a I hope. Loving, I hope. 
my <clears throat> person. So the last thing you'd want to do is offend anyone. I yeah, well that can worried? that can almost Maybe. verge into dysfunction. Like I was sort of ahead of the curve in terms of wanting people to like me, wanting right. everyone to get along. Yeah. It has a lot to do with growing up religious. It has a lot to do with just the role that was imposed on me by my family. I was always sort of putting out their fires. Right. So I tried for a really long time to put to do a stand-up bit about how Christians or people that were raised fundamentalists were ahead of the curve. Like everybody's going like, that's offensive. And we're like, yeah, we've been saying that for, for millennia. Like, like, yeah. but, but people would applaud at it. They didn't get that I was making fun of, like just making light of it. They thought I was making a stand like, yeah, everything's fucked and we've been saying it for a long time. Like I, I, that wasn't my point. So it would get the wrong kind of applause. Yeah. But I'm doing my first stand-up show on Sunday. I haven't done stand-up in a oh, long wow. time. And podcast is different. Have you noticed that? Like, Very. I'll say things to Val where I go, that's that's not a bit. That's maybe something I could say on a podcast because a podcast does feel a little bit more like a sleepover. It's more private. I don't know why. It so is. That, like you just sort of, like you even like the things that I'm saying now, it's it's less presentational, even though it's being presented. It's a so conversation. It's, it's, it's scrutinized. Conversation. It's scrutinized differently. It still right. might be scrutinized, but it's scrutinized differently. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of specific stand-up scandals that if it had been a con on a podcast, just talking, it might have been, I'm not talking about Michael Richards, that would have been bad no matter where. And there have been other examples of, of yeah. things like that. But there are some things where I'm like, you know, a podcast is like a sleepover. It really is sort of like a, oh, we're up past our bedtime and we're just talking and people kind of understand that. Mm -hmm. But it's also how you consume it. You listen you listen to it privately. So that's that's one of the things about being offended. I don't want to call it offense culture because that others it. I'm just talking about the, the quality of being offended mm -hmm. is different when you're in the public eye. Like, I remember, here's a great example. It's in like 2000, 1999. Yeah. I remember we were playing this video game. I went to a Christian college and there was this video game. It was called Metal Gear and we loved it. Me and my roommate loved it. But then one time I was playing it alone and he came in with his girlfriend, Harmony, who was incredibly religious, incredibly strict. And on the screen was like some violence. It was the first PlayStation. It wasn't that gruesome, but it was right. some like weird monster creature and I'm shooting it. And my roommate, who is now a different person because he's in the view of his very conservative girlfriend, goes like, literally goes, oh my goodness. Like the most <laughs> fake, I never let him live it down. I, to yeah. this day, when I see him, I'll go, oh my goodness, that that's disturbing. <laughs> like he was, he was fronting, he was faking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're at a stand-up show, especially if it's being recorded, especially if the lights are up on the audience, it's it's hard. It's now a corporate activity, meaning you're you're congregated, like you're a group of people. So you're on the record. That's why, like me laughing at you doing some weird voice. Let's say a voice of yours that uh, you were riffing, and and I laugh and it's fine. But it's different if I post a video of you doing that bit on my Facebook page because I now know. it's not just me liking it. It's me and I represent my place of work. I represent my family. I represent my faith. If, if I have a faith, I represent so many, my state, my city. I, I, you represent all of these things. So there's more ideas imposed on you, more identity imposed on you. And then it's much easier to judge a very 
clear identity. Whereas the fun of show business, and I'm not making an excuse, like we should be able to say anything, but the fun of going to like a modern art exhibit, this is what I always go to, like a real modern, like you go in a room and a woman is naked and she's covered in cow shit and she screams at you. She just screams the hard C word at you. And that's the exhibit. Like she wanted to create an exhibit that would give you the feeling of shame and disgust, all of these shadow emotions that we don't usually have a place for. She's like, yeah. I'm going to make a container for it. It's going to be the, the experience. Like, I'm so tired of pretending everything's Disneyland. I'm going to give you a very like hard German sort of experience. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you pay for. You pay to do shadow work, as Carl Jung would call it, or Freud. You're like... Mm -hmm. looking into the abyss because that's part of being a human. Now that's all fine. You and I could do do that in the East Village tomorrow if we wanted to probably. It's very different if I Instagram live it or it's very different if that's, that's so true, a movie. Right? Yeah. This is why when I'm thinking about offensive comedy and how we delight in looking at our shadow, looking at our grotesque bits, looking at like it's not okay and it's not great, but we're going to play with those sort of weirder i don't mean dark just like stranger mm -hmm. more subconscious energies the great the best place you could do that is like you're in amsterdam it's 4 a.m you go into like an absinthe bar you sit at the back table you're alone you're just waiting for your flight the next morning but you're on a different time zone so you're all jacked and you just sit down have an iced tea <laughs> or, or an absinthe it doesn't matter and you didn't even know, but a show is happening and a show starts and you see some of the weirdest shit in the world. But because you have no identity, you're a stranger in a strange land. Yeah. Nobody knows you. Nobody's ever going to know you. That is the freedom of a pure artistic experience. And that's and that's what the woman covered in, in feces screaming the C word at me is right. trying to give me. She's like, forget Jessica Kirsten, forget mother, forget Jewish, forget 51, just be your psyche if you don't yeah. want to get spiritual about it or be your awareness, be your soul and come in and, and if God wanted to like experience this, I, I just use the word God to mean this, this yeah. wanted to experience this, it sort of wants to experience all of it. It wants to experience weird, Look at BDSM. I'm not saying BDSM is weird. I'm saying it wants to play every game I in know. a safe I, way. I get it. In a safe I, way. Yeah. And when people are offended, I totally respect that. I'm just saying it's a hard rainforest to preserve. I know. To say, like, we need a space where we can do shadow work. That's what roasts are. That's why comedians love each other. I go, Jesse, you sound like an old bitch. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and you love it and you love yeah. it because I'm seeing your vulnerability and I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not shaming you about it. And I'm just I going, I, I can't hear. And you, and you feel seen and, and exercised. And, and that's, a, that's a real human need that, that sort of Cloroxing everything is, is gonna only, the more you turn up the lights, the darker the shadow gets. So the more we go, there's no room for this. It all has to be clean. It all has to be right. It all has to be good. It all has to be woke. That's when you get the pant, the used panty vending machines in Japan. When you have a culture that is so <laughs> like honor based. That's what I'm seeing. It's you're gonna, you're, getting yeah. darker and darker and dark comics. And it's going to go, it's gonna go somewhere. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's like I was at the cellar last night and I was talking about my own experience, my own life. And then you have these young, you know, white girls for the most part going, ah, mm, ah, and I'm like, that's my life. Why are you, you're like, 
<laughs> freaking out about my real experiences yeah. or trying to have me stop talking about it You're or impose shame on you which is right that's what i'm saying worse. which is yeah. worse they're trying that's to flag you, you. Feel bad right they're trying to shame you into being ashamed right it's hard they're doing what i would do to the irvine white wine woman at the concert who's dancing right, right. but like humanity like i i say this a lot on my own podcast i don't know what's my go-to example but the sweetest holiest nun meaning whole i don't yeah. mean just floating yeah. on a cushion i mean she's whole she's integrated she's complete she's beautiful she's kind sometimes she has a dream where she's punching joe biden in the neck or whatever it's i, right. I don't even want to give an example yeah, of what yeah. it could really I get what you be mean. Of course. because she's people human. misunderstand or or she'll be pouring her cream in her coffee and go fuck my dad like just just involuntary yes it's like a thought from her subconscious or from our collective unconscious she's just in tune with the messiness mm -hmm. and what we're doing when we and again this was so much of my life when we're only moving forward we're sort of like i i don't mean forward progressing i just mean if you walk forward behind you exists and in the same way when we have goodness like darkness exists or strangeness exists no. and it exists in you this right. is one of my favorite things about what's happening with uh, racism like racism education is in the 80s and 90s when we were kids you just said i'm not racist and now everybody's being well the room has gotten bigger and now you're allowed to say i have prejudice i ha i have been conditioned by movies by tv yeah. by i'm from boston for fuck's sake like my environment it's in me in the yeah. way that symbols and behavior gets inside of you. And it doesn't serve anybody to say, I'm not racist. You have to say, I might be unconsciously racist. I might have right. unknown biases. And that's yeah. the conversation. Similarly, art can say, guess what? You're fucked up and you're weird. None of us are fucked up. None of us are weird, but all of us are everything. I used to have a bit about breastfeeding. I was like, the first thing you did in life was go to second base with your mom. It's a wonder. <laughs> it's a wonder you're not shitting in the bus <laughs> coin slot. Like, oh, I want to ride the bus and you just take a huge dump in the coin slot. <laughs> I'm going to ride this bus because I sucked my mom's tips. It's the first thing I did. Yeah. And that wasn't weird when it happened. But then as soon as you hit puberty, they're like, well, you know what sex is? It's doing that. <laughs> like it's right. doing that thing that you have this yeah, weird... Yeah, yeah sub sub subconscious memory of her a visceral memory of yeah. and then she's gonna call you daddy and you're gonna call her oh mama like we're so fucked we don't even know we're fucked and we need art to say it's safe to be fucked it's safe to be neurotic because i'm neurotic. the dalai lama probably has days where he's just feeling a little neurotic it's okay a holy person is a whole person is an integrated person who can witness their darkness and their light and know that both are passing phenomenon that's that's what art is telling us my therapist always says that that it's it's healthy to have all different emotions, all different things going on at one time. That that's a really healthy person that that yeah. experiences all of that. How do you feel about performing? I'm so curious that you haven't done it in so long. Are you nervous? Yeah. Are you excited? Are you both? I'm, I'm sort of surprised that I'm not nervous. I, I noticed that it does kick up. Remember that that um, in the Princess Bride, that machine that tortures people. Yeah, yeah. It's a big wheel and it has water. Yeah, yeah. And all these uh -huh. I always look at stand up as something, it's like a big machine like that. And what is unpleasant about it, if anything, 
is that I have to power the machine back up. I have to like get it churning and it never really turns off. It kind of has like a, a silent mode, but yeah. it's still going. <laughs> right. And if there's anything I enjoyed about the, the pandemic and there's there's a lot, I'm sort of one of the weirdos that was like, this is great. I Even in public, you can kind of be private. I, I like that too. I love and, and you, an isolator. So I and an it. excuse to not recognize anybody. Yeah. I loved that. I loved yeah. that. And I loved being home with my family. Those were good things. I, I didn't yeah. like the suffering and all the all the bad things, all that, of course. But I also enjoyed that I could shut the machine down. I don't remember my bits. I'll tell you, I'm not really looking forward to inviting them back in. Um, I, I, but I am, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not. I know. It's I have all of this. I'm sorry. It's confusing. It's, it's, it's a lot of mixed emotions. It's a sword. It's a very sharp sword. And it's a really fun, sharp sword to go out and swing at the, at the straw stuffed dummies and hack them down and be like, I killed. But then you go home with the sword and then you have the sword in your bed with you and it's like cutting your face and keeping you awake. You have to kind of keep it away from your family so so it doesn't cut them because because comedy is discernment. It's 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 analyzing this and that and this is better and this is worse. And this is my opinion about this. And this is how I'm going to say that. And you remember these hunks of material and, and, and every bit is like broken into other hunks and it takes a lot of like subconscious effort mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's worth it like i do miss the pete that used to drive home i've never done cocaine but just like high on what i imagine cocaine is if if it's if it's not what cocaine is then people are getting a bad deal because i can't imagine feeling better than after mm -hmm. having a great stand-up set and on the way to the show i'm always playing like radiohead or the national i'm listening to like very morose sort of low-fi stuff and on the way home i'm only listening to like kanye or chance like i'm listening to like yeah. hip-hop because that that part of me and i don't say it in a bad way like ego like yuck i just mean yeah my psyche got the affirmation i feel mm -hmm. the solidarity with humanity i said things that i thought i was alone about and they thought they were alone about and we found a laugh bridge between us and i feel like the world is beautiful not just because i'm a special boy but because like this mm -hmm. is one of the things human beings do it's like avatar it's like the end of avatar we just gather around and hold hands and look at a tree but instead of a tree nothing's even there it's just it's just words and the music is them with you it can feel really beautiful but it takes a lot of fucking effort it's not easy it's and not. i sort of liked my little house on the prairie like I could I could say something funny and not write it down. That's the price you pay for turning what you love into your job is it becomes yeah. like a set of muscle memories. Like I'm sure I, I'm not saying either of us are Michael Jordan. I'm just saying I'm sure Michael Jordan on some days was like, man, I sort of missed the kid that just liked basketball because now I think about basketball and I'm like, well, I got to like stretch this because I know I injure that. And I, yeah. I know I got to do 5,000 free throws because I'm not great at those or whatever it is. Um, I know boo fucking who like, oh, your magic life requires effort. Like kiss my ass, Pete. I hear that. I'm just I'm just saying my truth. No, but it is. It's, it's hard <laughs> when you take time off because then, you know, but you do. I mean, I noticed I got right back into I mean, it, I, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. It's going to take a while. But it really did just did. Oh, my God. It was That's just great. like it felt comfortable right away. It really oh, I'm so glad. The only thing that feels uncomfortable is kind of and you're so in tuned and so smart. So you're going to 
feel the way I do, I guarantee it, is like the energy is a little different because people are shell-shocked. Like I keep thinking there are people in the audience who are like, you know, I feel like they're out too soon. Like they're just, they went from being home for so long and they've had so much going on in their lives. And now they're in the audience like, oh my God, I'm not really okay, but I'm out. Right. But I'm freaking out a little and I'm scared. Rescue dog, rescue dog energy. Yeah, there's, there's that. I yeah. feel it every night when I'm on I'm going to feel that. I'm going to yeah. tell you something that I always, I usually forget to do, but somebody said like psychically, I like talking about weird stuff. Yeah. They're like psychically or energetically, I think is what they mean by psychically. Mm-hmm. They don't mean reading minds. Your psyche, which by the way, the word psyche just means soul. I think it's so mm-hmm. funny that we're like, I mean, it literally translates to soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, but your psyche, your, your series of experiences mixed with your psyche, whatever. It's not always good to send a, a connecting tube from you directly to the audience, meaning it's not always safe to you. Mm-hmm. And you know this. Yes. Sometimes the audience just has, it's the energy that made you a comedian. It's not the energy that you were looking for. It's, it, it is the drunken dinner with your parents. Yes. And, and everybody's angry. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, that can feel really good as a performer to sort of relive your trauma as a youth, but this time you know what to say and you're like, fuck you and you kill and you go like, suck on it, mom and dad. Like that can feeling, yes. Very powerful. Powerful feeling. I would wish that for anybody that had like a weird childhood to find some way to reclaim it. That can be really good. But I don't think that's the best group to give a direct access to your heart. So somebody, I think it was Dwight Slade who worked a lot with Bill Hicks, close friend, said, Picture a tube going from your heart up into the cloud, up into the sky, like up into the eternal energy. So don't don't try to mirror or feed or feed them or feed off of them, but feed off of something greater that you're just kind of hopefully parting the clouds for them to get something better instead of like really linking feed up to the clouds and then that will feed to them kind of thing. Well, it's feeding you. It's sort of keeping you safe from. That's a great point. Right? I love that. I just, I think you and I can give ourselves pretty easily to crowds and sometimes you're right. you come I, off stage I and you're like, much. why did yeah. I let the orcs into the Shire? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I do do that way too much. <laughs> yeah. I pick up on their energy and then I just, even if they're sad, it's sometimes it's not even that they're angry Hostile, or rude yeah. or whatever. I feel they're sad. I feel the angst and then I get down. Well, that's what brought it to mind is if- yeah. I, we're we're talking about being empaths, people that like absorb other people's energy. Mm-hmm. I'm also a, a highly sensitive person. I'm also an introvert that I'm a cat who learned how to do an impression of a dog. That doesn't mean I don't love talking to people, but this is not a social setting for me. Yeah. Uh, this is easy for me. I like this. It's comfortable. But like stand up is like something I had to learn how to like steal myself to do. Even though I really liked it, it was still asking a lot of my natural settings believe yeah. it or not i know i look like a really good Me time too, Pete. we're very similar I'm i know you look like yeah i look like i should be wearing a hawaiian shirt with a ring of coors lights and i, I tell <laughs> your wife like don't worry i'll have them home by 11 and i'm like psych yeah. like that seems like what it should be yeah but i am like let's stay home and watch you know the crown like that's just so much more me but anyway yeah like it's if I'm feeling that they're feeling nervous that they're out, that's I'm glad you're telling me that mm-hmm. because I'm I'm fully vaxxed, but I wonder I wonder if if they will be or if they're just risking. Well, it. I think that you know 
I, I, I keep thinking when I'm on stage, like people have been through so much stuff. If you really think about it, it's like someone went in for major surgery and no one could go with them. Someone's parent passed, someone's friend passed, someone had to go to a shiva or a funeral and they had to stand there with a mask on with four people. Someone, or they a Zoom shiva. I mean, that's like, what I'm or, saying. Yeah. Or like, or they've worked from home with their kid, or their kids have been home with them all year and they're Forget going it. out of their minds or they're in a horrible Forget marriage it. now or they're this or that. And I, I keep thinking about that and I'm like, it makes sense. And now they've been home for a year and now they're in a comedy club and then there's like, they're served, being served drinks and food. And so many people have said to me, this is my first time out or this is my second time out in a yeah. year. I mean, that's a yeah. major statement. Yeah. So yeah, I keep yeah. trying to remember that while I'm performing. Because... And for you too, just because yeah. we're getting the glory. I, I realized we had a, a group we we quarantined very strictly for two weeks so we could go everybody did so we could go over to our friend's house like some dear friends this yeah. is in the, the middle of everything we sort of kept that to ourselves i think there was a lot of that by the way a lot of like very careful people doing something and we're like don't tell mike about this <laughs> don't tell that one friend you have that's yeah. like yeah. that's fucking insane but we were very strict about it and then we did it just so we could hang out on like a birthday or something and we still distanced and we still wore masks but all that and we were outside but still and well we took our masks off outside and i was like i'm not ready for this i don't like this i don't like yeah. that you can see my face i forgot what it was to have someone say something like and that's why i ultimately decided on dartmouth and then now <laughs> i'm supposed to say something and you just go okay like, I, I forgot how to do that, how to keep the balloon in the air. And I think a lot of people are going to forget how to do that. So it's a lot to ask them to be an audience. <laughs> you know, I just keep addressing it. Like last night on stage at the cellar, I was like, listen, none of us are okay. Like, we're all out and we are not. And they were hysterically laughing. They were like, yeah. yes, yeah. that's how I feel. I'm like, we, this is like a mental institution right now. We are all out and we don't know what to do with ourselves. And people were laughing. So funny. Because it was so honest. It was, they yeah. were all, because I looked out and some of the people were literally looking at me like this, like, like they looked really freaked out. I'm like, are you okay? Well, it's the weird reality to have been living in that when you see a stranger, it's like seeing someone with a, a loaded weapon. Because if they velociraptor yeah. cough at you, have you had that paranoid fantasy? Like yes, if this course. guy just chose to violently cough on me, like what would I do? Even if you called the cops and got them arrested, like it's already happened. Like it's already, like the cough has already happened. I played it through where I was like, you'd just be like, I guess you call the cops so he doesn't do it to someone else, but you just have to make peace with the fact that you've been velociraptor coughed. I mean, it's like it's like if someone had a venereal disease and you're afraid that they're gonna like assault you. I mean, it's really it's crazy. Funny that, it's funny that you say that because I have, again, I haven't done stand-up, but one of my bits, see, I don't know if I'm gonna do COVID bits or just be like the guy that's like, can I just do bits about other stuff because everybody's gonna be doing COVID bits, I don't know. But- I've seen both. both. There's some people that have been doing a lot of COVID. I mean, it's like a tells a tell. I watched a tell the other night. He did a lot of COVID bits, but they were hysterical. I mean, I think if they're really funny, it doesn't yeah. matter. You don't even yeah. like notice their COVID, but you know. Right. My tell bit would be like Dave Attell noticed there was a quarantine. <laughs> that, that would be my roast. Well, he's into it. Yeah, he's he likes it. no, because he well, no, he's been caught really cautious. Like, oh no, that's what I meant. Like, I I would guess seeing a sensitive person in dave i would see oh, that yeah. he would be like 
okay, I'm just going to lock down. And it's like, yeah, wasn't that sort of what we were doing? I know we couldn't go out to the clubs. So that's, that's a, that's a big blow to Dave. So. You're going to laugh. This has been made us all so crazy that Dave is playing a tiny little flute on stage now. That should just show you how much we've all lost our minds. That? He goes on stage with a mini flute and plays it during his act. That seems like I just had to check if I was dreaming. <laughs> a good way to check if you're dreaming is, is you look at your hands. If you've ever had a lucid dream <laughs> and you look at your hands, your brain can't get the hands right. You know, they always look like catcher's mitts or they're purple or they're, or they're not there. Yeah, so a good practice. If you want to get better at having lucid dreams, dreams where you recognize that you're dreaming, the trick is to check in regularly in your waking life to see if you're dreaming. But that definitely felt like I was dreaming. A like, mini you know, recorder, that's what it's called. I keep calling it a mini flute. It's a mini recorder he's playing while he's performing. I mean, it could be a fife. It doesn't matter. He's blowing into a wind instrument on stage. I laughed when I first saw it. I couldn't, I could not breathe. I was literally almost throwing up from laughing because I was Did like, he... all lost our minds. Does he set it up at all? He just starts playing it and then he's like, he play like tells jokes and then just starts playing it in between. I mean, it's the funniest thing because it's him. And it's just like, I just think, yeah. my God, we've all lost it. Like he can do anything. I sort of love that. I wonder <laughs> if like after the show, groups of his fans just follow him as he plays the mini recorder. They follow him the to hill. the fat black, <laughs> like follow him to his next set. <laughs> he's the Pied Piper as well. All over the city, just to the yeah. next club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what are, I'm I'm so I everyone talks about crashing how much they love that show. every single I'm not kidding every week you get that a lot every week someone said something to me last night at the, uh -huh. back, at the that's so place. great they love the show are you working is there anything you can talk about? are you working on anything else right now is there anything like that you want to do that you're working on or there's a there's a couple noodles in the in the in the pot I just shot a pilot a multicam pilot for CBS that is not my, yeah, it's not my baby, which you would be so great at that, obviously. I think it, it's good for the silly billies. It's like putting on yeah. a little play for a little audience. And we had a, literally like 15 people in the audience. Yeah. But it's like, it reminded me of doing improv in the way that you like, you cheat out. Like the way you go to the fridge is very similar to how I you would- I love that. You know what I mean? It's, it's very yeah. showbiz. And I really enjoyed it. Like. I'm not just saying that to like toe the line and be like, wow, what a great experience. I really enjoyed it. And I kept thinking about how specifically 15 year old me, that's the only show business. Like 15 year old me would be like, you have a podcast? Like, uh -huh. but I'd be like, no, but we're on a stage with a crowd and, and we're doing a multi like full house. And like, um, I'm trying to think of the other one, like Cheers, or you know, so they would you, be so you. happy. That's so you. Or Three's Company. So perfect for you. Yeah, that's you. Three's that's, Company. It's you. Literally, that is, I think. <laughs> so, I mean, people think I'm like John Ritter, and I'm like, oh, this is like a, a perfect place. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever been directed with the direction bigger. Wow. And we were doing. You would love it. I'm not saying we were doing it big like Doofus Town, <clears throat> but having done Crashing, um, I, I would do it small. I would do everything small. Yeah. And they were, and they wouldn't say bigger, but they'd be like, "Have more fun with it. Go, go loose." Oh, and you just heaven. perform it in the way that I would perform it for you if I was trying to make you laugh. You know what I mean? But you're not like you're not hiding under the cool blanket. 
to be like, no, I, I'm Timothy Chalamet. Like, I really just want you to go like, wow, how did he make that seem so natural? Like, I'm just trying to be funny. Like, like Robin, our, our homeboy oh my Robin. God. Like Mark I and Mindy. Just, like, I yeah. love that. That's yeah. our, that's my thing. Like, yeah. I, if I, that is so awesome that you got to do that because that's, yeah. That's your, like, that's where I feel like you probably shine so much. Like that is your, you're so physical and so silly and it's rare. <laughs> I it's rare. I mean, it is what Robin, I mean, yeah. it's like Robin saw me so silly on stage once. It's the biggest thing that ever happened in my career. I'm not kidding. Out of everything I've done, when he said, came up to me and said, you're so silly and so free. He said, just keep doing what you're doing. You're a star. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing, he encouraged uh, me to just be sillier and sillier. Yeah. And yeah. I, cause you said, no one does it, you know, yeah. and you do that. I'm so glad that you got to do that creatively. Yeah. It's really, really fun. And, and on the joke I used to make about, um, crashing was, you know, I, I wrote it and uh, I mean, I wrote it with a group, but like I was involved heavily in the writing, mm -hmm. um, meaning we could have made my character like different, but the conceit was he was a new comedian, so he was like I was most interested yeah. in the guy who goes to the cellar and sits there quietly, who doesn't know what to say. It's 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 kind of a crazy thing that I can't really remember what that was like, but I can kind of. But we captured it in crashing. So the joke was I was like the narrator. I, I was it was right. like the, the Great Gatsby, and I was tell, talking about all the Great Gatsby's that I saw, but very rarely would Pete be like super funny. I'm not saying this to put me down. I'd be funny, like awkward or funny, strange. But and sometimes my stand up was OK. I was mostly just doing stand up for the first two, three years of, of writing stand up. So it was like by design, it felt funny, but sort of like lacking um, anything super unique, like meaning yeah. I remember I read Jay Sankey uh, wrote a book called Zen and the Art of Stand Up, Stand Up Comedy. He said the degree to which someone else can do your bit and have it work is the degree to which you're unoriginal. And I, I would amend that. I would say like the degree to which other people could maybe do my jokes, but my best jokes are the ones and your best jokes are the ones that only you could do, meaning mm -hmm. it's the way you do it. Yeah. You could, you could transcribe a lot of my bits and it would be like, this is okay. This is like fine. But then you see the joy with which I'm enjoying it. I'm reconnecting to what I liked about it. And then it becomes what Jay would call original, but what I would call just like, I guess, authentic or like personal without being like, I'm from Boston. My mom's Lithuanian. Like, that's not really yeah. personal. Personal is letting you see me the way you see me as your cousin, Sam, or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the way that you make it personal in your delivery and your how you're passionate about it and all of that. I, silly. Well, that's what silly. Like nobody's silly in exactly the silly. same way. We but we're, a lot of people aren't silly. A lot of comics aren't silly. I mean, we're rare. I'm being honest. We comedians, are. I think hate more than anything to be embarrassed. So here, a crashing story is. I I like it. Being what. Silly. I don't mind being embarrassed. Ah, I love it. I don't mind being embarrassed I if don't. if I'm being silly and they don't go with me. 
I'm embarrassed for them. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I think like, it's hysterical. I'm sorry you lost your connection to your inner child, but I'm not. I swear I feel the exact when I when I'm like like on stage doing something yeah. and they're staring at me, I start hysterically laughing and I'm yeah. like, I feel so bad for you yeah, yeah, that yeah. you are watching me do this and you yeah. can't let go and laugh right now. That is so yeah. sad to me. That is I mean, we're very similar in that way that one of the funnest and hopefully funniest things I'll do on stage is if it's not working, you put the onus on them. I do. Not in like, oh, you don't get it, but like, I'm, what kind of lunatic? I'm asking you to RSVP to childlike joy. And yeah. you're going, well, this isn't very, this isn't very hip. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but they're going like mm, joke detected. Like they're looking for, I don't know what they're looking for. They're looking to feel safe. They don't want to be embarrassed and comedians don't want to be embarrassed. So the story yeah. about on crashing was would be shooting at the fat black all the time. And it would always be like, it's a party. It's loud. It's after a show. It's like a bar. all those scenes. Like if you watch the table scenes in crashing or any show that's at a party, when they were shooting it, it was dead quiet. All the background actors are going like this. Because it has to be dead quiet for the sound. Yeah. That's a very eerie sort of black mirror setting. There's no music playing. Even if the actors are like, what? I can't hear you. Nothing is playing. It's dead quiet. It's just actors going, I can't hear. I can't hear like you. <laughs> so what does that look like? That's embarrassing. You look like like comedians want to yeah. control the group and bring the group to them. And when you're an actor, sometimes you have to do stuff fully aware that it might not be funny here. Mm -hmm. It might not be cool here, but the the thing that looks the cool the least cool and the least funny on TV is stuff where the person is thinking about stuff like that. Is yeah. worried about stuff like that. Yeah. So you had to do these big things like and so the comedians would never do it. I'm telling you, take after take. Uh, I, I don't want to single anybody out because it, yeah, yeah. it wasn't any one of them. It was everybody would be like, action. Hey, man, let's get some uh, fries. And would be like, you got to yell it. Hey, man, let's get some fries. Let's get out of here or whatever. Take two. Hey, man, let's get some fries. It's like, look, I know it's quiet in here. Like, that was one of the things that I attributed to embarrassment. Yeah. The thing that I carried with me through all of the acting I've ever done is that Ted Danson, we're back to Cheers, somebody was working with him on, I don't know, The Good Place or something, and he did a take and it was great, and he came back and sat with the writer and he went, ah, isn't acting embarrassing? And that <laughs> is the job, is yeah, like getting is. over like action, and you just start fighting action you start crying action you start laughing like as mammals we know to not trust the crazy ape that's just pretending to be happy but you have to do it it's it's right. people don't talk about it enough for my taste that it's really fucking unsettling to see someone acting it on, is. in a quiet and then, room <laughs> for me in front of like the crew i always feel like with the cameramen and the crew like it feels embarrassing with all these guys like these macho guys that's right around watching i used to have to we did all these masturbation scenes i'll never oh forget my frank, God. frankie there our sound guy 
I knew him only as this. He always had his hands up like this poor guy. And he used to do the sound for all of Scorsese's movies and stuff. So he's like a kind of a legend. And he's like a very, um, I, there's nothing about him in particular, but he, meaning he's just a man. He's just a strange man. Right. And I'm miming masturbating. Oh my. And he's right there oh. making sure he gets the sound of, of what? Like, the moistness oh. of my lips, like what is going on? Oh Talk about like getting yes. over it. You go like, that's what the money is for. It's not, it's not just a glory. It's not glorious all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's, no, it's, you have to think about like your house, your wife, like you got to really just yeah. think about and what that's what for. I think about when I masturbate anyway, my house and my wife. <laughs> your <Before> house. I <laughs> like, oh. Property values, <laughs> like I just, I can't get hard unless yeah, I think the about The new deck, the new deck. <laughs> I'm gonna coat the deck, I'm gonna coat the deck. It's rainproof now. Oh, the siding, the siding, <laughs> the siding. Jizz slides right off a good siding, it's fine. Jizz. Jizz. Is that a Jessica, jizz. Jizz. That's what I'm calling this episode. Jizz with Pete Holmes. Jizz. All of those words. Smegma. Isn't that what That's word? worse than jizz. That's a oh, I hate word. it. What is it? From smegma? another planet? Smegma? What is that? that because it's, it, it, it's, it, it feels like it's saying smell. Of course, sme smegma. And, and it sounds like magma, like magma. Like it's it's, it's erupting from in the earth. Oh, like it's, 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 it's the worst. Smelling. Jizz is the worst. Like we all have to make it worse. Everything I've all I've I've done a lot of bits about this, but like sex only makes sense when you're horny. When I'm like horny, you're like a wolf person. You become a <laughs> werewolf. And you and like None of these things make rational sense. By the way, every comedian, I think, writes this bit at some point. But when you're horny, you're like, yeah, juice and jizz and all this stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's all you're about. And then as soon as you come, you're like, what was that all about? Like, you're, you're, you're the man. You're covered in chicken blood and feathers and in, in your tattered shirt. And you're like, I don't know what I did. Right. And yet I have to say to Val, like, was that good for you? <laughs> like, what's yeah, that? Like, Did I please you? <laughs> was that? <laughs> One time I was on uh, a psychedelic and Val was not, and I was rubbing my face on hers, and it just was the most that... euphoric experience. I was just rubbing my face on hers, and we still laugh about this. And I go, Are you enjoying this? <laughs> Because I was loving it so much. I was like, this is the best. What did she say? She's she's the best. She's not just an angel in the sense that she'll babysit somebody on a psychedelic. She's always like that in life. And she's like, I know yes. she's amazing. She's I love her. She's, a, she's an absolute treasure. And she would never, that was in my wedding vows. I, we've been talking about shame. And I said in my wedding vows, I was like, I never come home to bitterness or shame or judgment. That's what I want everyone to have is like what what art is trying to do, what comedy can be trying to do, not always. Let's not lump all comedy into like the safe space or the good the good work. It's not always. It can be ugly and nasty and divisive. And I don't just mean like the ugly guys. I mean, there yeah. can be some pretty innocuous comedy where yeah. right under the surface you're like, 
I don't like what you're saying. Yeah. Like if course. we just stop for one second, yeah. you're really perpetuating mm -hmm. a gross mythology that I've been trying to wake up from. And you're making all of these people in a vulnerable state of laughter reaffirm, yes, men are strong and women are weak or money is good and, and food is the best. Eating a lot of fucking food is the best. Mm -hmm. And so is like jerking off and fucking it's like you're just none of the nothing wrong i'm not against food jerking off no, I fucking what you're saying you're, ma you're right you like i just don't like when people use their platform to go up and reaffirm beliefs they already have yeah i'm yeah. not george carlin but i'd like meaning he really tried to challenge beliefs but yeah. i'd like to just kind of maybe maybe just float that's why i'm always trying as a comedian to be like i'm scared sometimes or uh, one of my favorite bits was, I hate this assumption that men always want to have sex. Like, um, there was an article I saw that said, six reasons why you should fuck your husband every day. And I was like, you're gonna fuck me every day? What makes <laughs> you think I want to fuck you every day? Like, you're gonna just come in and fuck me? I just heard a song that made me think of my father. I'm not in the mood. Like, why? Why are yeah, women the ones true, right? you have to draw you a bath? I, that's what I say. I said, draw me a bath. Put on boys to draw men. Me a bath. Draw me a bath. Like you don't have to woo me. I'm just like a, f this was my favorite part. This is the silly part. Right. I go like, you're just going to come in naked and I'm going to go, sex is available. <laughs> like, fuck you. That is a silly bit, but I'm trying to yeah. say there's lots of gradations of yeah. humanity. Yeah, and I'm I know. so tired of this Clint Eastwood like, or just like someone will be like, uh, they'll they'll offer sex as a bargaining chip, or they're always grabbing guys' crotches on shows like Mad Men. He's like, I can't, and he grabs her crotch and he's like, this says otherwise. I'm like, if you did that to me, you'd feel the limpest noodle, and you'd go, wow, you really don't feel safe. To just get hard with a stranger, like, but oh, it's the weirdest. It's so ridiculous. Everyone yeah. is so complicated. It is so ridiculous. Everybody's so comp. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. These archetypes, these identities, are fucking nonsense. They're guesses from other primates, and then culture is just when a group of primates agree on 15 to 45, 50 identities. And, and we all just go like, is this my ringtone? Is this my ringtone? That's why it's so funny when you see someone auditioning a hat, you're like, they're, they're going around very vulnerable. Like, am I, a, am I a hat guy? Cause you see a primate struggling with finding their identity when really their identity is so slippery and so dark and so purple yeah. swirling cosmos yeah. changing all the time i wake up sometimes i'm hyper masculine i'm like let's fucking yeah. do this let's change the world i'm gonna kick ass and take names and then later that same day i'll be crying at a dove commercial like a dove soap commercial or whatever it, the the joke would be like something else vulnerable my heart will break i'm the same thing. way i'm very male and very female and i don't i've never related i'm really in the middle this is so why yeah so many of the ancient uh symbols of god were hermaphroditic right. i can use that word yeah. because there was an understanding like we were saying about good and evil or light and dark 
or or right and wrong or male and female or masculine and feminine or these these are polarities that they're they're the same side of of the different sides of the same coin meaning they only exist in relation to each other yes you know you're a woman because i'm a man right mm -hmm. so this is what like the trans movement is really sort of beautifully questioning it, it's really a, a metaphysical issue is like who are you yeah, they're yeah. they're answering it in very bold and brave ways that de deserve support and rights and all of that but just because i'm a, a a straight cis white guy doesn't mean i'm off the hook i don't just go yeah. like that's right i like i like a cold beer and, and that's football like and hoagie that's right. i know i know that was just handed to you by a, a corporation that doesn't give a fuck about you exactly. that was a great thing about getting sober they were like i i, I do other I do psychedelics and I sometimes smoke weed rarely, but I sometimes smoke weed, but I stopped drinking. And one, I read this book called This Naked Mind. I listened to it on an audiobook. And one of the best points it made, it was like, where did you get the idea that like drinking seven Manhattans was a good time? Was it you? Was it really you? Or was it the people at Southern Comfort? Yeah. No. Yeah. And I'm not, by the way, if people drink, I'm not, I don't judge no, people who drink. No, it's not, I mean, they you're know right. yeah. this is going to hook you. This is, of in the course. same way that sugar or affirmation, lots of things are yeah. addictive. This is an addictive substance. It also has a culture and like a status. Right. I just have a bit about that. Like you drink whiskey, you can't, I can't drink a Cosmo. Yeah, you have to drink whiskey because I'm demonstrating that I can drink poison and still function. It's, it, that's what you're saying yeah. to the pack. You're saying yeah. I'm drinking something acrid, something toxic. That's what a jawline is evidence of testosterone. And testosterone is a poison. Too much testosterone will kill you. Yeah. So why do a lot of women find jawlines and even Jason Statham style hair loss or ch chest hair? These are all indicators of high testosterone levels. Yeah. Why is that important? Because if you breed with someone with a lot of testosterone, you know their genes will produce a baby that can withstand other poisons, that can withstand toxicity levels that might take out the the baby of someone who looks like, I don't want to say a name. I had, I had a name ready. I'm not going to say yeah, it. You don't have to say it. But you know what I'm saying? I could say me. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> And that's yeah. what whiskey is. So whiskey is the testosterone indicator that you can buy at a bar. But like, wake up, enjoy your whiskey, but don't get lost thinking that it was purely your idea to do it. Like you're participating in a dance that was choreographed by somebody who doesn't love you and right. doesn't care yeah, about you. Trying to hook you in. Yeah, and get, yeah. And that's true of everything. That's that's true of food. That's true, true of entertainment. Everything. And that's what liberation is. Liberation is going, wait, I'm... I'm not just running the show, I am the show. And I don't mean your ego and your desires, I mean your awareness. Like identifying yeah. with your awareness and, and coming into your source is the only game in town. I love that. I love how smart you are. I wish everyone- Get real. I love talking to you. I don't talk this way to everybody. You don't? <laughs> well, I try to, but you you do excite me. I love talking to you. <laughs> I know, I could sit and talk to you all, constantly. I, I always do that with you. I love you. I wish we lived closer to each other. I know. But I am gonna come out there soon. Where are you performing? What, what what's your, where's your first show? Um, it's this Sunday. Remember? Oh boy, where is it? I have it in this text. It's an outdoor venue that they have like surrounded. Oh, excuse me, I'm burping um, like There's... a weird old oh, man in a deli. Um, yeah, it's called Supernova Comedy. Oh, event, I heard about that. Eventbrite.com. Yeah, I mean, 
I, Anthony Jessen likes doing it. Like people I know are doing it. And Val is very good about like seeking friends and creating situations where you're social. But I got really locked into that. The way that I see my friends is I do shows. So my job is very social. Mm-hmm. And you only have to work for 15 minutes. And then the rest of it is the hang and, and the green room and watching other people. And so that really scratched my social needs. So I'm excited to see I Anthony. Know. I'm excited yeah. to see these people. Yeah. As as much as doing the show, I'm excited about getting in the car and and feeling that. Even the butterflies in my stomach, the wonder, is this going to work? And then when it does work, there's there's nothing better. And then that, you get the that work. was I want I cared more about seeing everybody and like driving to the gig and all of that even more than performing. I was so yeah. excited to see people. Well, to to be even our neighbors have have a, a little baby, a one year old baby that we hang out with, and they got fully vaxxed and we're fully vaxxed, and then you sort of like, can I, can I do this? <laughs> like you, you're taking off your mask, and, and it doesn't feel like you like so many things in life. It doesn't feel like you expected. You thought it was just going to be like woohoo, and you, but you're kind of like, is this okay? I know. I still feel weird. Yeah, I still am not like. I don't like that you're not wearing a mask, and this is over Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel great about it. I know. I I, wanted to do that as a joke, but I can't. It's so corny. But I wanted to wear a mask on like a Zoom show. Hilarious. I would never. I I did a bit. I did a Zoom show, and I pretended that my phone wouldn't unlock unless I was wearing my mask. I thought that was <laughs> it, it only recognizes me now if I'm wearing my Oh, mask. that's hilarious. It did, yeah. I, I don't know. It's okay. Thank you. I love you. You have beautiful I'm... and full of nothing and nothing. What is it? Be like a balloon. Beautiful on the outside, nothing inside. <laughs> I'm filled with nothing on the inside. Yeah, that's That's good. what I want all my daughters to be like. That's good. I love all that. that. I don't care if they're kind and nice. They just can't be fat. How much? That's so funny. That is so funny. How many kids do you really have? I have four daughters. You really have four? I have four daughters. One of them, the oldest is going to be 15 and she's an actress. I have to send you a picture of her. You're not even going to believe how she, she's stunning. I like I'm going to, I'm going to politely decline. <laughs> I feel like I literally nope. walk around. Don't, don't send me pictures of a 15 year old and be like, I, she's so I, hot. I literally nope. passed walk around with her with like a trench coat and throw it on top of her. I can't. That's so funny. That's so funny. Ridiculous. I think my baby, this is another one. Talk. I know we have to go. I actually do have to no, go. No, it's out. okay. No, I know. I was one like, of the mythologies that I've been guilty of, I, I, I didn't realize, meaning it was unconscious. We don't have to say guilty. I was not conscious yeah. of this. What? One of the mythologies that we can perpetuate in our standup is the ownership of women. And one of the ways that that shows itself is whenever I talk about how beautiful my daughter is, everyone goes like, "Uh oh, dad. And I'm and I, I'll just say I don't own her sexuality like that's hers. I do not own that. Like, I know I'm supposed to be like, till she's 18, I'm going to lock her in my dungeon. I used to have a bit about it just before I had kids. I, I can't believe I got it. I'm not even going to do it. But it, it, it's so inappropriate. It was it was just about like, have her home by 10, have her home by 10. It's like the joke was, in essence, are you guys going out? Like, what what is going like? You Are you going to go to a, like a second date? Like, because there's this weird energy. And I had a bit about I hate my girlfriend's parents and and my girlfriend's friends. And I had if you want to hear an interesting conversation about it, 
I had um, Hannah Gadsby on my podcast. And this is what I want more of. It was a gentle, she did not rebuke me. She did not shame me. She enlightened me. She literally helped me go. I don't even think she accused me. She helped me realize on my own. Oh, the, the undercurrent belief of that bit is once I own the woman, cutting her off from her family and friends is the most powerful thing I can do to, to, to take her over and, yeah. to, and to pull her into my corporation and, and to pull her into my purposes. And that was an unconscious belief that I had that I didn't know. And I'm just so touched that she didn't go like, that's why you're part of the problem or whatever, whatever. Accent. Well, that's what we need is like, just help people understand and don't get mad and judgmental and tell someone off. Just help us understand. A lot yeah. of us are just clueless. That's and it was and that's humbling to me, because then when I see someone else that has an unconscious belief, I can't go. It's like the people that quit smoking and then immediately start judging their friends who smoke. It's like, yeah, that was you yesterday. I can't, so say, I can't say like that, that bid actually like gently help them see and maybe they still want to do it, but like, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing to know what you're doing. Just like with alcohol, drink alcohol, but know what's happening or do a, a bit that might be a little bit cheeky, but know what you're selling, know what you're yeah. selling. Cause we're impressionable yeah. human yeah. beings. All right, Jesse. I do. Have I to love buy. you. I, I love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you for working me on this. Sorry, I was late. You're the best. You're I silly. really adore you. I'm not. I adore kidding. you too. I don't. I. I love. I love. I like a lot. I of feel people. like we're. We're like. I don't even know if I believe this, but I'm like past life friends. I know. Like, oh yeah, I, I found you. Oh shit, I found you. What's well, fun? I feel this comfort with you. Like I just. I just adore you. You're yeah. such a good person. You're, you're like the sister I wish I had. Like my Wait, really. You have me. Like a I'm super. Close, yeah. I, love I appreciate you. it. I love I you. I want to hear you. how the show goes because I'm. It's. It's. I can't yeah. wait to hear how it went. So let me know. Yeah. And, well, you uh, should feel the shock waves in New York, like the the laughs. That <laughs> we're all going to hear. We'll gonna, rumble gonna into hear the laughter. Yeah, you'll know. You'll see it trending. <laughs> Holmes returns is trending. <laughs> I know. I I'm so grateful that you're doing this because people are going to love this episode with you. You're just so real. And this is what this podcast is about is about being deep and real and funny. And it, thank well, you. I'm so glad much. you're doing it. Thanks for I having me. I love All you right, too. Good. We'll talk talk soon. Soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.